Stand up. You know the scriptures by now. All right, all right. Can we all just go? Please make this confession from your heart. It's very important. Even though you are saying words, words are spirit. Amen? That's what Jesus said. The words that we speak, that he spoke, they are spirit and they are life. And that spirit is small letter spirit. Amen? So let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. God really bless you. You did not turn away from God's word, and everyone who refuses to turn away from his word is blessed. Jesus said, blessed are your ears, because you hear what you're hearing. There were prophets of old, great men of old. They really wanted to see what you're saying, Jesus said, and to hear what you're hearing. But they never did. But that's what we have been blessed with. Amen? So we continue with this word. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us today by your great revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to let you know this, that every one of us make mistakes. Amen. We all make mistakes. Every one of us. Some of those mistakes are really sins, you know. We sin sometimes. We all make mistakes. But the greatest mistake a man can make on the earth are mistakes that have to do with your words. Mistakes with your words. If you can, if you can handle your tongue so that you don't make mistakes with the words that you speak, you can control your destiny. Your words are so important. James tells us this. James chapter 3, verse 2 through 5, it says, For we all make many mistakes, including James himself, the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all make many mistakes. And if anyone, if conditional, if anyone makes no mistakes in what he says, he is a perfect man. So our mistakes, the mistakes we make, is the mistakes we make with our mouths. That's the greatest mistake according to God. We make make many mistakes. We all make many mistakes. But... If you can handle it so that you don't make a mistake with your words, then you are a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body also. In other words, if you can control making mistakes with your tongue, you can control your destiny and control your life. So the greatest mistake a man makes is the words coming out of your mouth, what you say. And I've already said it before, every time you open your mouth to speak, according to the laws of the universe, you are on trial. We talked about that before. So that's the greatest mistake that we make. 
Your words can change your destiny. The things that come from your mouth, God knows it. This is a strong spiritual principle. When God wanted to change the life and the situation, the condition in Abraham's life, what he did was to change his name. He said to Abraham, you've been called Abraham until now, but I'm telling you, I want your name to be changed. I have a miracle on the way for you. But if you don't change what you call yourself, it's not going to, be, it's not going to happen. So from now on, every time you meet anyone, tell them, I am the father of many nations, Abraham. And he accepted it. That was the beginning of the change in Abraham's life. Because he changed his word. Every time he introduced himself, he said, hey, listen, even though the miracle hadn't taken place, he said, listen, hey, what's your name? You say, Sam, I am the father of many nations. And as he spoke, it came to pass. What comes out of your mouth is very important. Sometimes I wonder... When people say, I am depressed. (laughs) I am depressed. And I say, well, I'm good luck. So the next time I see you, depressed, come over here. (laughs) That's what you're calling yourself. God didn't call you depressed. You called yourself depressed. And God said, the things I hear coming from your mouth, that's what I'm going to give you. What you speak is what you're going to get. Let me let you know this. Your words are seed. And every time you open your mouth, you are sowing seed for your harvest. And once you have put it in the ground, and you keep watering it spiritually by saying exactly the same thing, that's what you are going to get. Your words are seed. Jesus made, them, made it clear to us in Luke chapter 8 verse 11. He says, now the parable is this. In other words, if you don't understand, this is the parable. When I was talking to you about sowing seed, the parable, the seed is the word of God. Hello? The seed is the word of God. The seed will produce a harvest. The seed is the word of God. Do you need a harvest? Sow the word of God. You have to say it. The word is the seed. The word you speak is the seed. You can only speak three kinds of words. You can speak the word of God, or you can speak devilish word, or your words. Now, if it's just your words, if they don't line up with the word of God, guess who take ownership of those words? Satan does. And God will allow him. You all know we've talked about this, how... Uh, Job said, the things that I feared, they've come to me. They've happened to me. I'm sure he not only... If you have fear, do you express it from time to time? Yeah, 
I'm sure he expressed it so many times. I don't want this happening. He was afraid. And because he was afraid, it came to him. It came to him. So your words are seed. And you, whenever you are speaking, you are sowing seed for your future. You don't reap on the day you are sowing, right? It seems like nothing is happening. But if you sow, keep sow, sowing those same seeds, and you keep speaking the same thing, you water the seed. That's what Paul said. I planted, Apollos watered. How did they water? He planted with the word of God. He watered with the word of God. If you keep saying the same thing over and over again, you are watering what you're saying. Don't be surprised when it comes to you. You get what you're saying. You get what you're saying. You were made in the very image of God. And if you say something and really believe it in your heart, that's what you're going to get. Whether it's positive or negative. And what Satan does, he does bring all these negative circumstances around you that are natural, that you can see and believe in it, because we walk by faith and not by sight. You're walking by sight, you're seeing those things with your eyes, and you begin to speak those things, you're sowing seed. And those things will come to pass in your life. And many people have expected, you know, they always check themselves. I said this before, every time they feel a pain in their chest, if somebody's suffered breast cancer in their home, well, this is it. Maybe I'm having that. Why? You may just be having an ordinary pain, but you are already expecting it and speaking it. You're going to get it. And then you are satisfied after you got it because now you got to deal with it. The Bible is very clear. Sow the seed of the word of God. By his stripes, I am healed. So whenever you feel the big one, don't speak about the big one. Speak about the stripes. Sow your seed for living. Sow your seed for living. You know, we, whenever, we must learn as Christians how to speak. We learned before we became Christians from the world what to say. Now that you are a Christian, as newborn babes, desire the milk, the sincere milk of the world, so you learn how to speak. If you grew up in Africa, you speak with an African accent, right? Because you were trained that way. If you grew up in the United States, you speak with... The accent of people in the United States. We can see that in my home. Yes. When I speak, the Americans say, where are you from? That's the next question. Where are you from? I have to tell them. When my son speaks, nobody says that. He's from here. Your words identify you. What you say identifies you, and guess who is trying to identify who? Be, God Himself. What you're saying, that's mine. That's my word. God watches over His words to what? To confirm it. And when you are speaking words, God shows up. What kind of words have we, have we, are we here to confirm? He says, Well, I can't use any of this. The devil says, I can use all of them, all of them. Give them to me. If God is watching over his word to perform, the, Satan himself is also worship, 
watching all of his lines that he's been speaking to you, seeking to confirm them in your life. Hey, please let me let you know something. Everything you see is not coming from God, even if it's in the natural. You saw that the Egyptian magicians were able to turn their sticks or their staff into snakes. Were they real snakes? The Bible says they were real snakes. Oh, yes. And Job's ball, Job's ball, who made Job sick? The devil made him sick. God gave him permission. Now you can go touch his body. Job had balls. But I tell you, if you call a doctor to take some of the sap from his ball, you'll see the microbes that were making him sick. Who put them there? God? Absolutely not. Don't think Satan cannot do certain things. But thank God I have the power in Christ to neutralize them. Amen. God has given me the authority. If I don't like it, I still have the same power. He's just another being, right? God created him just like he created me. He is out of favor with God. I'm in favor with God. If he can do something, I can also do something. And we all do it the way God does it. We speak. Amen. We speak. Your words are seed. Every time you speak it, you are sowing seed for your future harvest. If you keep speaking poverty and poverty and poverty and expecting poverty and poverty and believe that God wants you to be poor and you keep repeating, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hey, let me remind you. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, not poor in, in your home or where you live. When God says to bless the poor, he's saying take yourself away from the poor so that you can bless the poor. He's not telling you to become the poor so that you can bless the poor. A poor person cannot bless a poor person. It's just not going to happen. When God says to heal the sick, he's saying remove yourself from those who are sick so that you bring God's healing to them. You can't be blind in your eyes and say, hey, let me heal your blind eyes. The fellow will say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you heal your own blind eyes first before you heal mine? So when God tells you to heal the sick, he's saying, take yourself from them. You are no longer part of them. Now go help them. But if you speak that way as the sick, you will be a part of the sick. And you need help from somebody who is not sick to pray for you. Your words are seed. Let me show you some words of wisdom from God's word concerning the words that come out of your mouth. It's a battle of words. It's a battle of words. When I spoke fear in the past, I had a lot of fears. I started believing God and speaking what God says. At first, it seems like all of his, you're lying to yourself, deceiving yourself. But the fear is gone. I guess by the grace of God, there are things that I fear, but there are many things I just don't have any fear anymore. I don't believe any... any I'm just telling you the way I, I believe. I don't believe any person can come into my home and destroy my home. I don't believe that my children will die young. I just don't accept that. 
But the Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith. Do I have to strive? This is the boasting. No. I know the, I, I'm trusting in God and God alone. He cannot lie. And since he cannot lie, he is honored if I trust him. So I can trust him. Even if somebody doesn't like it, I'll trust him. I'll trust him. And believe in him. I've got nothing to prove to anybody. No one here is going to judge me. No one here is going to judge you. He is the only one to judge. So i got to stay right with him. In spite of what anybody else might think. That's what I'm telling for every one of us. Forget people. Stay focused, to, in what, stay focused in what God has told you. Speak those things. Speak those things. In Malachi, they began to speak about God and the goodness of God. And God heard it in heaven and raised the memorial on their behalf. While others were saying, there is no profit in worshipping God. There is no, what, what, what do we gain? All of these things we've heard in the past, nothing is happening. But then there were a few of them that said, yeah, God is really true. He is a good God. And God listened to what they were saying. And he raised the memorial. Read in Malachi. He raised the memorial on their behalf for himself. Every time you speak God's word, you honor him. Especially when you are speaking against something that you can see in the natural, that you are not afraid, and you are standing on his word and his word alone, and trusting him. That's what Christianity is all about. I know we're going to heaven, but he came that we might have life, and that we might have it more abundantly right here where we live. If you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give you good things here on the earth? Not when you get up there. I need those things right here. I need help while I'm here. I don't want to walk doing this every, you know, it's time to go home. If I start walking that way. But I can trust him to strengthen me. I do what I have to do to be strong. But bodily exercise profits little. That's what the scripture says. But the word of God is profitable for all things. For all things. So the, more, the word of God is more important to me than bodily exercise. Amen. Because the word of God works. Let me share some of the things that God says. It says about his word, the revelation here. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 through 21, it says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruits of his mouth. I did tell you the words are seed, right? And when you sow the seed, the seed will grow over time, right? And then a time will come for the fruit, time for harvest. God is giving us a principle here. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruits of his mouth. I thought with the fruit of his hard labor. Right? Mouth. Mouth. From the produce of his lips. What's coming out your lips can produce. Can I hear an amen? Your lips can produce. If you speak negative things against your life, it will produce. You are the blessed of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The Lord is my shepherd. He causes me to walk in the paths of righteousness 
for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley and the shadow of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because he's with me. I got nothing to fear. I have no need to be afraid of want. Jesus said, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. So focus on the kingdom and he will supply. So I don't have to worry about that. Take no thought. That's what he says. And so Satan reminds you, how you haven't paid your bill. God said not to worry about that. He's going to take care of it. What do you have to say about that? Devil. Amen. When he lies to you, that's what Jesus did in the temptation. Remember, when Satan lies to him, he gets back with the word of God and says, what do you have to say about that? I say, well, let's go to the next subject. We're through with that. That's what you need to tell him. It wasn't recorded there just to let us know, look how beautifully Jesus handled. No, he's giving you a principle that you can live by. It was a word of words. Satan spoke to him and Jesus spoke back. And when Jesus was through with that trial, he said the angels of God came and ministered to him. Whenever you're through with your words and they stand with God's word, when it's over, God sends angels to comfort you and to minister to your needs. That's scripture. That's scripture. Always we do that. And then he tells us why. You eat the fruit, verse 21. Let me go back again. Let's go through the scriptures. A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his leaves, he shall be filled. Why? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Don't speak death over your life. Just because the doctor says something, don't repeat it. Repeat what God said. Let God be true and every man a liar. Repeat what God says. That's the way to walk in a supernatural way. That's what Jesus meant. He who is from above is above all. Jesus said you are from beneath. You came from here. I am from over there. And the Bible says we are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. We belong to the family of God. And Paul prayed for us that God would open our eyes by revelation so we know the hope of our calling. There is a great hope to our calling as believers, children of the living God. All we hear is things to cause us to be afraid. Anytime I hear a prophecy, if the prophecy causes me to be afraid, I know it's not coming from God. I just put it aside. This is the greatest prophecy. Amen. He says, God is with me. Emmanuel, right? God is with me. So when fear comes because of a situation, I don't have to quote a lot of scriptures. I just have to say, Emmanuel, God is with me. And if God is with me, if God be for you, who can be, what can be against you? Who can separate you from the love of God? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. God made it that way. So if you use your tongue rightly, things will change. If you keep speaking depression, 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 
afraid. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I'm not sure if my family will survive. My marriage is hurting. I'm going to die. Uh, I just feel like dying. I just feel like dying. Oh, this is the big one. It's come now. You get it. Christians must learn how to speak. I'm not saying be quiet. It's a war of words. A lot of people are just quiet. You're saying nothing. And the devil is accusing you and bringing things against you. You are a real quiet man. I don't believe in all of that stuff. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. If you're just quiet, Satan is going to slap you silly. You got to speak back. You got to say something back. And your situation, I said the other time, can even be speaking to you. Telling you, uh, you are in want. You can't pay your bills. You don't have a good job. Well, God's going to take care of you. You need to believe that. God will take care of everything that concerns you. You are that important to Him. So understand that. Look at what Job said. This is in the book of Job. He said in Job chapter 9 verse 20, Though I am innocent, my own mouth will condemn me. I am innocent, but I've been saying wrong things about my life. Now I'm getting condemned. Though I am blameless, he will prove me perverse. That's what he's saying. What you say, God, if it's wrong, God may, he loves you, but he can't work with your words. And so he lets you be. There is nothing to work with. I'm going to submit this to you. God will never do anything outside of your life. When God wants to do something, he will first of all place the desire in there. And sometimes his desires for you, they are so huge, you think, I think I have lost my mind. Why am I thinking this way? And he won't quit. Until he's persuaded you that you really need this. Amen? The desire is so huge. You're thinking, well, I'm going to go do this for the world. And you, some Satan says, who do you think you are? Just little you can change the world. And you think you're thinking. And now you got two voices. One telling you, don't even think about doing that. Another one telling you, you can do it. Just destroy that verse that is telling you the negative thing and go after that. If it doesn't work, who cares? But if it works, you'll be a hero. Amen? Everybody will be singing your praise. If you don't try, nothing's going to happen. But try. Because you think that way because God created you that way. And He knows. You are the one that I need. You don't have the resources. Keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. Those that will listen to you, talk to them. Those that won't listen to you, leave them alone. Go find those who will listen. Did you know how God separated when the people when they were building the Tower of Babel? Remember that? And they, God said, nobody's going to stop them. 
They speak the same. They all are in agreement, speak the same way. And they are building. God himself couldn't stop them. So he used language. Words. And they couldn't understand each other anymore. They were in disagreement, spoke differently. The whole program went off. But if they could talk to one another and they are in unity, we can do this. God said, not even God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost can stop these guys back there. So we're going to confuse their language. So they speak differently. And once they start doing that, we can get rid of this problem. He's God. Can he just go down and tear down the building? He doesn't work that way. Words. Amen? Words. So many times God keeps sharing with us how words, how important words are. In the beginning was the word. That's what you read in John. And in the beginning, God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. What do you think? God keeps repeating the same thing. And God said. And then he examines. And then God said. He's trying to tell you something. You, you were created in his image. And when you speak, it's very important. He recorded this for us so we know the power of words. You can be innocent, but your words, if they are not right, you feel condemned. And God has no choice but to condemn you. That's what he says. Innocent, but still found wanting. Because the words are not right. Now, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 7 says, A fool's mouth is his ruin. What your mouth, what's coming out of your mouth. You know what the Bible, who the Bible calls a fool? Not who we call fools. A fool has, the fool has said in his own heart, there is no God. So the one who says there is no God, that's the fool. And the man who is that way is going to be saying things that will cause damage to his own life. So stay with the word of God. Speak words that are supernatural. I'm going to go into something a little different. It's a pet, something I like to do. Okay? Can you all bear with me? I can't resist it. I've got to go this way. Okay? I just can't stop myself. This is really important. I can't stop myself to the extent. I wrote a book about that, right? So you know where I'm going. If natural words that you speak can bring life or death into your life, what do you think will happen if you speak supernatural words? In tongues. I know I've met Christians arguing, well, I don't believe the tongues. That's your trouble. Do whatever you want to do. But when you speak in tongues, those are supernatural words. The Bible says the one who speaks in tongues does not speak to man. He speaks to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. When you speak in tongues, you are speaking the mysteries of life. Not just for God, but for your own benefit. You don't have to speak in tongues and speak mysteries to God as if God doesn't know any mystery. He needs you, this little Nigerian fellow, to teach him mysteries of the world. No. 
the mysteries are for your own benefit. And when you speak in tongues, you are speaking supernatural seed. If the word is seed, speaking in tongues means you are speaking supernatural seed. And it will produce. Is it not the same mouth? Is it not the same mouth? But the words that are coming is not natural. Every time a man speaks in tongues, he's speaking in the supernatural. When I discovered these things years back, I told myself, this is what I would do. If you're around me, I pray in tongues a lot, please. And I'm not saying I'm more spiritual than you are, but I need help. Maybe you don't need as much help, but I really, I know myself. I need help. That's why I do it. I'm not trying to prove I'm better than you know. I know me, okay? So I know I need help. I spent, in those days I spent, when I was in real trouble, almost daily, I spent at least an hour praying in tongues. I won't quit. And after that, my life changed. God will just teach me things. Things that I've never seen anyone do. And I'll get that stuff and i say, okay, now God, how do I practice this? So, you know, I have a size, you know, scientific mind. I like to experiment. So I start looking for my experimental animal, somebody in church that I could use to try this new revelation. And once I try this, it works. And the church people will be, oh, brother, good luck did this. Oh, I say, you guys can do exactly the same thing. You just need to know the secret of praying in tongues. Supernatural. I think I started doing it for a while. After a long time, that's where I came. I'm being very honest with you. When you hear and I say, I don't have any fear, that's basically what it is. I just don't have any kind of fear of anything. I know what people might think. It does, I, I just don't get bothered. When, I bother, when it bothers me, I just spend about 30 minutes praying in tongues. And after that, the matter is over. It's so important. You want to grow as a Christian? Please do this. Please do this. You need revelation? Please do this. The Bible says in verse 4, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The word edifies means to instruct, to enlighten, to teach. That's what it means. When you speak in tongues, you are teaching yourself. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit is come, He will bring you into all truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And James says, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. That's what you need to do. It's very important. Now, i got to close with this before I go. Because uh, I'm not going to be coming to this message, but please bear with me. I speak about speaking in tongues because I know people oppose it. But when you have found something that's helped you, is it not evil to hide it from other people? I, I, can, I can handle them fighting me. It's okay. But hopefully you will agree with me and then see the benefit. Then I'm satisfied. That's why I do it. That's why I do it. There's no other reason. I don't have anything to prove. I just want you to let God. It's a free gift. Let him do this for you and do it and see what's going to happen to you. He changed my life. I can't lie. He changed my life. This, he changed my life. It's very important. He changed my life. 
Let me tell you what, how powerful the words of a man of faith can be. People of faith, please speak things over your children, over your church, over your ministry. Sometimes do it deliberately. Jacob blessed his son, his sons before his death. And this is what, how he blessed Reuben. Reuben has slept with one, he, his oldest son has slept with his, uh, one of his concubines. And he didn't like that. And uh, he tolerated the young man, but before his death, he decided that was, that was a bad thing that you did, and you're not getting away with it. So he spoke some words over him. He said to him, Reuben, you are my firstborn. My mind and the beginning of my strength. So Reuben was really destined for a lot of honor in his life. The excellency of dignity. That's who you were supposed to be. Because God is in my life. And he was going to go on to the next one. Just like it was from Abraham to Isaac. And Jacob by God's own choosing. The excellency of power. Unstable as water. You shall not excel, he said. Can you imagine a father talking to a son that way? That's kind of rough. And he gave him the reason. Because you went up to your father's bed. Then you defiled it. It went up to my couch, he said. That was just words. Years later, Moses, before Moses' death, God has told him, you got to go bless the people, bless all the tribes before you die. And so he started blessing the tribes. But as powerful as Moses was and had been in God's very presence, Moses couldn't change for Reuben what had already been spoken by Jacob. He couldn't change it. He sidestepped it, just went around it. And this is what he said. I'm going to show you how powerful your words can be. It's very important. In Deuteronomy 23, Moses was speaking, and then he had to bless them. So he started with Reuben. He says to God, let Reuben live and not die, nor let his men be few. And that's all he said about him. You go down and read through the chapter how he blessed the rest of them. In other words, Reuben is destined for death, but God pardoned, help him. Just let him live and not die. But then he started speaking about to Judah. Hear, O Lord, the voice of Judah and bring him to his people. Let his hand be sufficient for him. And many, and may you be a help against his enemies. And you can read, he said, and then he blessed the rest of them. But for Reuben, he couldn't. He couldn't shake what Jacob had already established with his words in the past. He can't. You need to watch what you say. We need to watch what you say. Amen. All eyes closed to this morning. I pray that God spoke to you something today. If you're here and you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior... This is the time, the right time to do this. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. 
If you need Jesus as your Lord and your Savior today, at the count of three, please put your hand up and I'll pray for you and God will answer and things will begin to happen to you that you didn't dream about. You've not dreamt about this. God's calling you today and you have heard his voice. Why don't you listen to him so that he can begin to bless you? At the count of three, put your hand quickly up. We're not going to bring you up to the front, but God needs to see your hand, and I need to see your hand as well. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Amen. So we are all family of God today, and we're grateful to God for that. We need to bring more people in who are not saved. That's why we're here. Open your eyes. Then thank you very much. We're going to be taking our offering right now. I came ready. Please give according to God's moving in your heart. We ought to pay our tithes and we ought to give offering. We use what you give to do ministry and we're grateful for what God has done. That's one way I used to show my gratitude to God. Many times these days I thank Him for the privilege of being a minister in his vineyard. I'm glad about that. And to give back to him is a great blessing. But let me let you know this. I know many times when we hear stuff in church, you know, well, they're asking us to give so that they can have. God's always supplied the needs of the Ark Fellowship. It's really you going with God and being a partner with him to reach the world. That's what this is all about. For me, I'm glad to do it. I don't hesitate to give. We have a very giving church. It's been like this from day one. We've never lacked anything. We bought a van, the first one, cash. We pay for whatever, and God's been very good to us. Amen? God bless you as you give to him. And I believe that he will multiply these things back to you. And may there be showers of blessings upon your life. Showers of blessings. Please lift your offering up to the Lord this morning and say with me. Because Jesus is going to take your offering from your hand. I know the church is receiving it. But Jesus is receiving it. That's what the Bible tells us. Up there, he receives it from your hand. And he worships his father with it. I don't understand how he's done, but I believe it. Amen. And I love Jesus. I like Jesus to take my offering and to worship his father with my offering. And as you do that, I'm going to pray showers of blessings upon your life. Father, we thank you for the privilege of giving to the kingdom of the living God. Lord, I pray showers of blessings. Upon your people, those that can give and those that can't, Lord, make it possible so that those who can't will have to give to you, to be partners with you. Showers of blessings upon your people. And I want to thank you. Jesus, receive this from us and worship your Father with it. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.
I'm going to do something a little different before we close today. Every one of us, if you're like me, you're dealing with something. Sometimes you're dealing with this one thing that seems not to want to go away from you. No matter what you do, it's like it's always there. And it hinders you. Every time you think about it, there's a little sadness that comes to your heart. If you have anything like that in your life this morning, I want to tell you that God wants to take care of it. You sow the seed this morning. You may not reap the harvest tomorrow, but you could. But I'm going to tell you by the word of the Lord and by the power of His Holy Spirit, if you would do what we are wanting to do, right, what I want you to do right now, this will be the beginning of the end of that particular problem. Amen? So I need you to stand up. And I want you to take that one thing. Jesus spoke to a tree, right? You can speak to your problem. If you saw somebody standing before a tree, addressing and pointing to the tree, and there is no one around, you're going to say, is is that guy okay? He's talking to the tree, and the tree is not talking back. But Jesus spoke to a tree, gave us an object lesson. So let's talk to our problem this morning. What is it that you want? I want you to speak this morning. Amen? I'm going to be praying, but I need you to speak to that thing. Open your mouth. God gave you a mouth. You must speak because God gave you your mouth to bring into your life your deliverance. Let's speak to God today. Father, we thank you. I need to hear you speaking because I'm thanking God. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, as they address every one of these issues in their lives, may heaven notice in the name of Jesus that every single problem that is plaguing your people right here, those that are hearing the sound of my voice this very morning, this very morning in Jesus' name, I speak and come against those things they are coming against in the name of Jesus. Your word says, if two shall agree concerning anything, that they shall ask on the earth, it shall be done of your Father who is in heaven. And I'm in agreement with everyone this morning in Jesus' name to come against whatever it is that is causing them problems in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak open doors. I speak prosperity into their lives. I speak increase into their lives. I speak peace into their lives. I speak spiritual strength into their lives. I speak vigor, spiritual vigor into their lives in the name of Jesus. I speak abundance and increase into their lives in Jesus' name. I come against the fear that's plagued your people right now in Jesus' name. I come against that spirit of depression. You have no right to be in the bodies of the, in the lives of the people of God. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Get out of their bodies in the name of Jesus. I speak against that want in the life of this person. I command you to leave. And I speak abundance into that situation in Jesus' name. I speak against that confusion right now in the name of Jesus. That's the end for you, confusion. This person is no longer confused. In Jesus' name, they are free from confusion. They know exactly what to do because they can hear the Father's voice. Father, I want to thank you today that this is the day that the Lord has made. 
and we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, I want to thank you that you are always with us. You said you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You said the number of hairs we have on our head, they're numbered by you. And so you care deeply for every one of us. Let no one leave this place today with their head hanging down. Lord, we can lift up our heads because you have lifted up our heads. And we thank you, Father, for this wonderful day of blessings. Amen. Amen. Now, put your hands out this way. Say it with me. My hands are blessed. Say it like you really mean it. My hands are blessed. Everything I touch surely must be blessed. My hands are blessed. My hands are blessed. Now, don't speak anything contrary when you live here. Amen? Your hands are blessed and your mouth blessed. God bless you. We're dismissed.